Well, good morning. Welcome, everyone, to the Ag Market Network for May the 11th. I'm Pat McClatchy. Our program today, as always, is brought to you by FiberMax and Stoneville Seed. Uh, they are a long-term sponsor of ours, and we appreciate them and all they do. Uh, today we're led by Kip Butts, who will be joined by our panel, Dr. O.A. Cleveland, uh, Gerald Nieper, and Dr. John Robinson. Kip, thanks for leading us today and giving us your thoughts on the cotton market. Well, good morning. Thank you, Pat. I hope um, before the time's over that O.A. Cleveland can join us. I think he was supposed to be on the call. He may just be delayed for some reason. But uh, good morning, everyone. We did get yesterday a uh, WASI, the May WASI um, supply-demand reports. They, uh, this is our first glimpse at the 2018-19 crop year. I'm going to go over these numbers just uh, very briefly, and then I'm going to ask the panel to hop in here and uh, and talk about the things that are important to them. Um, or the, they might have found this report that I might have missed. The, uh, the thing that did strike me just before first is uh, the area for 2018-19 was down uh, just a little bit, about 0.7%, I think. I was actually expecting that to be either unchanged to modestly higher with these good prices we've seen in the A index uh, the last part of this year. However, there's a lot of time before this crop gets planted, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, the U.S. Uh, saw an increase in exports from 15 million to 15.5. Don't think that was a surprise. I think we that. And the U.S. crop was dropped somewhere around 100,000 bales, 110, depending on how you want to round those numbers. So uh, there weren't any real surprises there. We took the ending stocks from 5.3 to 4.7. That's still the largest ending stock number we've seen, I think, since about 2008, maybe 2009. Um, anyway, the, those numbers, we expected to see this uh, export increase. It's possible, at least in my opinion, we may see another little bump in that before this thing is over. The new crop numbers on the U.S. are pretty much, uh, I'm going to call them placeholders for the first one of this year uh, with the uh, crop production the same level as the forum outlook and the uh, exports unchanged from this year. In the world numbers uh, for 2017-18, we saw an increase in the beginning stocks of about 120,000 to 86.9. Production was increased 250,000, mill use up 350, and ending stocks went down about 80,000 bales. Again, if you look at these numbers across the board, they're not significantly uh, impactful for price. Uh, we did see Australia increase uh, 100,000 bales, notably on the uh, Milieu side, we saw India drop 300,000 bales, uh, Turkey increase in 100,000, Indonesia and Vietnam were both up 50,000 bales. Those are key U.S. Uh, export destinations, and yes, uh, they were modified somewhat. I guess if we just look uh, <clears throat> the next year briefly, 2018-19, we saw production uh, down about 100 uh, million. Start again, a million and a quarter bales, consumption up 4.7 million, and the carryout down about 4.5 million bales. But uh, in my mind, looking at these numbers, they're not terribly impactful, but I, overall I think they're supportive in that 
We're seeing a continued increase of strong demand. We're seeing ending stocks in the world, although they're not rapidly falling, they're certainly uh, consistently uh, showing a decline, and that in and of itself is supportive. So I guess if I've missed anything, I'd like for, uh, like for the panelists to jump in here and help me out. Uh, and that's pretty much, I think, uh, a summary of, of the report yesterday. Anybody have anything they want to comment on that, or did I miss anything? Uh, well, Kip, you well know, I would, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, you know, we were all expecting a decrease in India. At least I was, and it seemed like people generally were. So if you take out the decrease, if you take out the decrease in in India, the rest of the world was higher on area. So I'm not sure. Were you expecting bigger increases in, I in other places? Yeah, I was looking for uh, yeah, I was looking for a few larger increases in other places, but I didn't expect India to fall quite that much either. They uh, were a little bit more aggressive than I was on that. Although the jury's out, I may find out that I was a bit too pessimistic. Uh, that that kind of got my um, I mean, uh, too optimistic on their area. I mean, so we'll we'll just see on that. I I didn't have them down. I think USDA had them down eight hundred thousand. Is that right? And I. Believe uh, we were down only two hundred, three hundred thousand. Well, maybe if they severely underestimate the crop this year, it'll lead to lower stocks, which would. Sure. So instead of them having to adjust the stocks, they'll just come out with a real low ball estimate on on a crop size this year, and that'll solve their problem. <laughs> that's, that's one way to take care of it. I think. There are some serious, uh, you know, problems going on in India right now with the. Uh, the lawsuits involving the seeds with the, uh, the uh, problems we had bollworm last year. There's a lot of farmers are upset about that. Uh, <clears throat> I think that in Maharashtra they have got a bit of a support program. That may help. But right now I do think they're in a bit of a mess, so maybe my thoughts of being two, 300,000 hectares down is, is way too optimistic. It may be a lot more than that. I'll just chime in. My take on the new crop numbers, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with with you, Kip. I mean, I saw, you know, basically with world production, uh, you know, basically production flat and consumption was, uh, you know, we had higher world consumption, higher foreign consumption, higher Chinese consumption. We had uh, ex imports in China going from five to seven. You know, it just across the board, those all seem like, you know, improvements, uh, you know, good things. So, so I would, I was tending to call the world new crop, uh, forecasts, um, um, good and helpful. And the, as far as the new crop U S situation, you know, I'm not sure what to mean. It's a small increase in ending stocks. If we realize that much production, and carry in four point something million. Um, uh, if, if that's realized, then then I think you know we're still in in danger of uh, of some downside price pressure, unless unless something else really changes. Of course, you know this year we've had even if we keep the ending stocks that they projected yesterday, you know that still represents a doubling of ending stocks year over year almost. And it hadn't mattered, you know. <laughs> we haven't seen price pressure as a result of that. Uh, so, you know, we're kind of maintaining 
uh, U.S. ending stocks at a high level if we wind up with five point something, and um, you know, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep singing the song that, uh, that that's worrisome uh, to me. But uh, it seems like all these other things, positive demand and whatnot, has been been uh, working against a, a bad price outcome so far. So I'm, I'm not really sure what to think in the in the U.S. situation, but the world numbers looks look good. Away, are you are you with us? I am with you. And I'm listening, and uh, uh, I'm just perplexed with the USDA estimates. I have voiced concern about the old crop Indian, uh, old, the size of the old crop Indian situation. I was happy to see that USDA finally increased their number of export. Uh, nonetheless, it seems to me that. Uh, they really just don't pay much attention to the bales that have been approved for export. Uh, and, and yes, okay, thank you for increasing exports 500,000 bales, but it was worse than sitting in a dental, dental chair trying to get them to get the number adjusted somewhat. Still think they're considerably low, uh, and just month after month after month, after a couple of years even now, uh, just terribly slow with respect to reacting to what's actually occurring in the real world. So I just I have discussed and cussed and whatever and done the same with a number of other analysts, and we just simply don't understand uh, USDA's decision to lag reality. Okay. All right. Any, uh, uh, and, and, and excuse me, Pat, I, and I don't have any long positions on, zero, none, still. <laughs> Is that a and disclaimer? I don't have anybody long. That was a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, and I don't have anybody long right now. Uh, in fact, I'm, uh, I still think we're, uh, from a producer standpoint, at least anyway, we're still in the hedging uh, situation. Right. Go ahead, Pat. I'm sorry I interrupted no, that's fine. We just—I uh, just was going to ask for a weather forecast before we started talking this morning. We kind of informally talked about it, but uh, Kip, why don't you give us your your what you're seeing for the possibility of rain in, in West Texas? Well, I understand there's this weekend we're going to get some rains. Uh, I think it's on Sunday. I can't remember the exact day. And then the second week out, we're looking for potential for some light rains as well. Uh, the weather guy we work with tells us now that it's going to be pretty isolated. There's a chance we're going to get some pretty good rains, uh, good rains being somewhere isolated uh, about an inch, maybe maybe even an inch and a quarter in some of the eastern counties, more towards the rolling plains. West Texas is going to be, according to the forecast, very scattered um, and more likely hit or miss, not enough to really be beneficial. Uh, I think the market is trading a bit, uh, the West Texas weather, West Texas forecast. If we look back historically, this is not the worst year we've seen <coughs> Excuse me, at this point for West Texas as far as drought conditions for this time of the year, but it's up there with some of the worst ones. So it's something to be concerned about. We all know that, you know, the weather forecast can change quickly. Uh, but the longer-term forecast that we talked with, I press the poor guy almost every time I talk to him on what's the longer-term prospects, and he is not optimistic 
Um, he says after we get through May, which is when they typically get their rains, John, you chime in here if I said something incorrect, uh, that it chances go down even more for rains after that. And that's, it's just right now it's not a very rosy forecast for the, uh, for the rains in West Texas from the perspective that we're hearing. Maybe, I know all forecasters aren't the same. Maybe someone else has heard something different than that. Hey, Kip, I certainly hadn't, and with the, the caveat that uh, all the forecasters get their information from the same place, as you say, quite often they have different analysis and we'll look for that. And I, the person I talk with has, has a, uh, basically their, their, their comments would just echo yours. A, possibly a better chance this weekend, but it's going to be east of Lubbock and for the most part off the high plains. But uh, the Lubbock and West area is just going to parch more and more, most unfortunate. Yeah, it's above average uh, heat. I mean, they're, they're going to hit 100. Uh, the, the little country station that I talked to earlier this morning, their forecast in Dimmit was 100 degrees. And that was the other part of our forecaster's comments, too. He said it is, uh, to your point, unseasonably warm, and he doesn't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah. So that'll put a premium, you know, it'll keep the premium in the market that's there and keep the spec longs um, in there, and we'll just kind of keep going and see what happens. It's, a, it's very uncertain. Oh, I, uh, yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, this question is for you. Will the cotton uh, mills that we know they've got so much cotton on call and fixed, will they be able to get out of the trap gracefully? Uh, no, no. <laughs> you know the, no. the thing. The, the thing I, is, is they've they've had opportunities to get their head out of the trap, and they keep ignoring it. You know, uh, did anybody forget about uh, the, uh, the the tariff situation with China? Market drops. The, you know, did they get out in a big way? I don't think so. Um, they uh, they'll be able to get out, but uh, they could have gotten out already. To Gerald's point, the number that came out yesterday afternoon, I was I was really a bit surprised about that. The market just traded sideways after a rally, and I'm sorry, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but they were, in my opinion, ridiculously small. The, the, the decrease, I mean, I was fully expecting them to really put a dent in that. And granted, every time the market goes down, we're getting a little bit of buying, but I, um, I these guys may be setting themselves up to have to run this thing up if the some of this action I think we've seen in the last several days are some of the specs getting out of their positions and if we're getting a situation where there's no one to sell this to the uh, to the mills well they're gonna have to bid up for it and to OA's point I you know I kind of like that uh, that total lack of conviction he had no uh, I think that uh, he, he may be on something here I think it may be difficult for these guys to get out um, now, you know, Pat, if you, uh, go ahead, go, go ahead, Gerald, go ahead, please. If you look at the size of the export sales that we keep selling cotton, right. they could have gotten, you know, the, the reason that number didn't change much is maybe <laughs> because they were just replaced by new on-call sales. And it may well be, but, but we've seen that yeah. sort of stand all year, and if you're that mill sitting there uh, that has been holding that position for a while in a market that just won't seriously go down. I mean, we're four cents off the high in July now, and 
I mean, that may sound like a lot, but realistically, that this thing just doesn't want to go down easily. It'll go down, but it doesn't stay there long. And, and to Gerald's point earlier, they've had the opportunities to, to pick up at, at pretty good, le relative good levels. But it just seems like, uh, regardless of whether it's new sales or old sales, the position is still there and it needs to be covered. I think that's and and Kip, it, it, you know, I'm 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 not letting up. I, I think USDA has a hand in this, and I know that's not a USDA report, but there the USDA reports keep, uh, if I may, uh, again for the hundredth time, keep underestimating the, the crop in the, uh, excuse me, overestimating the Indian crop, and probably have Indian carryover, the largest producer in the world, probably double what it actually is. As one analyst, senior analyst yesterday said, they wish they could figure out where India, excuse me, where USDA was finding these imaginary warehouses, this imaginary cot. But uh, these reports come out and it tells the mill that, oh, yes, well, there's cotton out there. The market's going to come down uh, so we can wait. But at the same time, you go into the numbers and you you look at these on call sales, and the, the guys you guys have just said that uh, you know when you think on call sales are going to come down, the report comes out and they've gone up. Mills keep delaying and delaying and delaying the pricing decision, and as a consequence, what they've been caught up in is just total and absolute greed, and they don't want those numbers being released. They don't want the on call sales released because they don't want the board of directors to know how. What a poor and crappy job they've done in pricing cotton this year. They've had opportunities, as you said, Chip, multiple opportunities. The market has given them a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, and yet they sat back and didn't take any chances to price the cotton. We look at this, though. We make this discussion, and I understand exactly what you're saying. In May, I expected we would get a little bit more upward movement because of the uh, mill position. In my opinion, they seem to be able to get out. And the difference is I don't think in most contracts they can't roll this stuff from July to new crop, at least not very easily, and they're particularly not going to do it at this inverse. So I'm thinking that uh, they're kind of in a spot where it's either you buy it in and run the market up or you wind up canceling the contract. We've had that happen before. Hope we don't see it very much at all this year. I do expect to see a little bit, maybe not a lot, but... I think this, you know, there's that expression, this is the end of the road now. You've got to either get on with it or not. So that's the difference now than in the previous months, I think, is that you just don't have the option anymore to, to roll this anymore. And the size of the on-call sales are just incredibly bullish. And, you know, it's, I, I don't want to say never because I actually don't know the data, but I, I'll say it and stand to be corrected. This late in the season, we've never had anywhere near this level of on-call sales. It's just incredible. You know, now, admittedly, there are some mills who, they've already got their longs on. They just haven't fixed the prices with their with their merchant buddies. Right. Um, so it, it could be a little bit misleading. Um, but even if it's, even if it's overstated by, you know, let's say 20%, there's still a lot of, there's still a lot. There's still a lot left to fix. Well, I'm just looking at these numbers. You've got a net position for July at 49,499 contracts. And that represents the next largest, I'm going back to 2000 on this. Last year was 42,373 net position. 
Last year, we were 30.3% of July open interest. This year, admittedly, much larger, 34.5. And in 2010-11, we were at 30.5. So to always point, this is really big, um, much larger than what we've seen before. It's it just bothersome. I mean, it's just a really big number, and it's bothersome. <clears throat> One thing, Owe, I want to jump back on you. I've been pretty adamant about the Indian situation, and I, I agree. It's to me, it's very puzzling. But I look at the uh, the quotes, the A index quotes, and I hear about, uh, as you just brought up, the uh, potential, uh, and I think it's pretty widespread that people think that the Indian stocks uh, are overstated. But I look at this quote that comes out here for current crop. At 87 and a quarter was yesterday for the Indian medium grade, and uh, that's the next closest quote is 95.50. So if we're in this situation where it's tight, why are they offering at that cheap price? I don't understand the way that works. Is this kind of a? Do you think this may be somebody blowing smoke, or how, how do you how do you reconcile that? <laughs> Maybe it's me blowing smoke. Uh, <laughs> it well no the Indians uh, the, the 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 Indian merchants uh, are incredibly uh, active this year in pushing cotton. They don't want a single bale left. Uh, their 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 offers uh, have been incredibly low. They've been highly competitive. They were concerned about the crop size at first. Now they feel like they have a better handle on it, and they are working harder than ever. And it's difficult to outwork an Indian merchant or Indian co-op, but they're working harder than ever to move this crop, and they're going to sell it. They don't mm -hmm. care what the price is, and right. uh, they are very price conscious. I know you know that. Both y'all know. All three of y'all know that. Not but they're extremely price conscious. But this particular year, uh, they are going to. They are in fact moving their crop faster than ever before with respect to being aggressive on, on price. So they're going to stay under us. They know we're working to uh, offering you know very strong basis to, to mills. Uh, so the, basically, as I say, they're just making sure that they move their crop and they're going to stay down uh, down below other countries. Right. Okay. Well, with all this in mind, let's talk about price and what we think the market might do. Uh, let me start with you, Kip. What What are your thoughts on where prices might go here? Well, in current crop, um, I just don't see a whole lot of extreme downside. I'm not terribly bullish from these levels. I, I can I can make a case, and we just talked about it. The bullish one of the big bullish sides on this is we've got a market inverse. These merchants do not want to carry this cotton in, so. They're going to do everything they can if they have to bid the price up to get cotton on a boat to get it out of the country. That's going to happen. That's very supportive for current crop prices for July. Also, this mill position is also very supportive. So uh, although I, I'm not a screaming bull here, I'm just not very bearish. I think every little dip is going to find some level of support, and we're more likely the risk is to the upside and my gosh, if these guys come after it uh, and there's no one to sell it to them, we've seen what can happen to these prices, uh, 85, 86, 90, 95. You just get to the point where uh, it almost becomes irrational. 
I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying there is a risk given the large position, depending on how the uh, how the positions work out as far as who can sell it to them. So you New think crop? in the nineties is possible for old crop? Excuse me. In the nineties is possible for old crop? It's not impossible. That's not a forecast. I'm just saying it's certainly not impossible given what appears to be the makeup of the market right now. Okay, what about the what about the downside in old crop? Well, again, on the old crop, trying not trying to put a number on it. Uh, I think we're probably not going to go much more than the. Uh, we can probably work it down into the high 70s. I don't think it's going to go much lower than that in the old crop. What may happen as we fix this spread is the December goes up and the July. That's how you fix this uh, this inverse should that occur. Which takes me to the new crop. Near term, my gosh, looking at uh, USDA's uh, forecast for the average farm price will kind of tell you what uh, kind of uncertainty is involved from 55 to 75 cents they put in. If West Texas weather doesn't improve and we're in the drought, this market can go a long way to the point John made earlier um, with strong demand outside the U.S. Uh, we can't afford a production problem out there if that consumption number is even near to be realized. So I'm, uh, I'm saying we're going to see December in the near term, uh, probably in the low to mid 80s, uh, unless we get a weather change, we get a good rain out there, bets are off. We're going well to 75 cents or so, maybe even lower than that in the near term. So. Um, a lot of uncertainty in these. I'm sorry I didn't give you a good sort of uh, solid forecast because I think there's just so much uncertainty out there. These prices can go a long way. All right, John, what, what are your targets? Well, we've seen July. was Monday it traded at 88-something, didn't it, during the day? Anyway, we've been in those levels, and I could see it going into the 90s with the influences that we've talked about, the, the fixations that remain and whatnot. And so I don't know. Um, Eighty to ninety is uh, is a safe enough uh, projection of that. And December, I I think can trade in the low eighties, and I think it's at risk down to down to seventy if it rains, you know, a couple times and the market, you know, fully digests that uh, we have a nineteen million bale crop, nineteen million plus bale crop possible. Um, I think that's a more than healthy supply of cotton and and. We may not have the influences uh, with the new crop, you know, that we've talked about. The mill fixations and whatnot are historic. We may not have that. We may just have a whole lot of cotton to digest. All right. Used to thinking. Gerald? Well, I think it was very disappointing to see the market go up to uh, to 88 cents and then just the last couple of days just kind of fall apart. Not really sure what that's all about. Um Although uh, sometimes you get these little mini rolls in here by these these spec funds, and uh, I think I think we've seen some of that this week. So so maybe once this influence is over of this this, uh, this rolling of long positions and in the new crop, um, you know we could bounce right right back again. The um, um, you know something else we're not thinking about. There's a there's a monster open interest in July calls. Um, you don't know how many mills already have they they've got the protection there. They're just waiting to see if the market you know the market will fall and, and give them a chance to get their uh, their head out of the trap. In the meantime, you know they they've got some protection there in case the market uh, you know takes off again. So 
you know, yeah, the on-call sales are large, but uh, um, it's not. I don't know that they're out there completely naked. Is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but it was very disappointing that, uh, that that we couldn't at least stay above 86 cents. You know, you got uh, you got a uh, some resistance, or you got a resistance point somewhere around 86.30. And when we got above that the other day, I think the market really took off. You came down, and we keep bouncing up. We tried to go through that a couple of times since the market came down, and we can't do it. And, and so that, that worries me a little bit. But uh, I think we're going to try to go up there one more time. Another run for 86 to 88 cents again. I think 90 cents is, uh, is a possibility, not a probability at, at, at this point. Uh, downside, uh, there's just not a lot, you know. You've got uh, <clears throat> got very strong support at the at the moving averages, uh, 40 and 50 days somewhere. Where are we sitting on the, on those? Uh, somewhere around 83 and a quarter, um, 83.30. So uh, I, you know, I think another I think another 100 points to the downside, and then uh, um, we'll we'll see what happens after that. New crop. Uh, you know, it's hard to get new crop way up there this early in the season just because there's so many uncertainties out there. So we may have seen the high for new crop of 81.50 until we get a lot closer to harvest or, or something more bizarre happens maybe with this uh, with this old crop. So I think uh, 81.50 is going to be our, our target for, for a while in terms of the upside. Um, downside probably, you know, 77, 77 and a half. So I don't I don't see a whole lot of downside in new crop as long as it does it does not rain in uh, in, in West Texas for a while. So okay, that's that's where I am. All right, away. Well, it's hard to disagree with with what what, what they've said. I oh, uh, oh excuse me. Let me go to new crop first. Uh, with the rain in West Texas, we do not drop down to the low seventies, um, but uh, the, you know that's got to be very timely range. It's not a, a, a good soaking with one and a half, two inch rain. It's not enough. It still have to be a set, several rain pattern, moisture patterns that come through. Tips weather folks uh, were not very uh, suggested that there had much chance of occurring, but who knows? And if, if it does happen. If we, they finally get some good weather, they'll have to keep some good weather to drive it down to 70 cents or so. But other than that, we're, we stay above 75 as the absolute lowest. With uh, Generally, if conditions remain much as they are now, I do think we get up, up around 84, 85, maybe even 86 cents in new crops. Uh, again, at that, I've also said above 80 cents, I want to be 35% price. And I would encourage you to do that. Even if you think cotton's going to a dollar above eighty cents, be at least thirty-five percent price. Some people might even want to go higher, and wouldn't blame them if they did. Uh, old crop, uh, I, I, I'm probably, uh, as Gerald said, not uh, not probability, probably that it'll go to ninety cents, but possibly. And yes, it is. It will will if uh, we continue to see these fixations as that the lack of fixations and. And additionally, we have not spoke much at all about exports today other than mention them. Uh, I, I'm carrying exports to 1.1 million bales above USDA. Uh, if we continue to ship uh, about 420,000 bales a week, 
uh, and we, you know, we noticed this week what we shipped five hundred twenty thousand. So, if we ship a thousand, le- uh, excuse me, a hundred thousand less than that, we still take uh, for the remainder of the year. We still take uh, exports up above sixteen point six million bales. Uh, some people are still carrying exports right at seventeen million bales. That's a little high for me, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. So, uh, what we're seeing is is that we're going to disappear almost this entire 2017 production and it's just it's incredible that we could sell that much cotton so i think the export sales can uh, coupled with the uh the, the, the on-call sales report will, will continue to be very strong and i think that uh, that's very strong with respect to supporting the market so i can still take july up into the very very low 90s and i think as the guy said 81 82 83 cents is where that bottom is going to turn out to be okay. if, you mind, if you don't mind i'd like to chime in on something that always did say that i i had uh i'm a little bit higher than usda right now i'm not at the same levels that uh that that is right now but uh the fact that we've got this inverse does mean that the merchants are going to try to get as much cotton out as they can Historically, uh, we have just this past week or the next week will be the end of the quote peak period, and it's not unheard of that we have just really strong exports into the year, but it's pretty uncommon. The other thing I want to point out with this is that what we haven't talked about is we're a million and a half bales, or almost a million and a half bales ahead for new crop sales now for this time of the year. That's pretty important because it kind of drives home this demand is strong for U.S. cotton, and so that in and of itself may be a reason to see a higher level of exports than I would have ordinarily expected. So although I'm not in 100% agreement with uh, OA, I am certainly understand his point and I'm sympathetic to it in a pretty big way, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald, are you do you know offhand? Uh, I think you educated me this on this subject one time. Are you uh, up to date on what new crop on call sales are? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. If you just look at December through uh, uh, December through July of, of this next year, uh, let's see where are we? Um, we've got. Uh, 9.65 million bales of uh, sales and 2.6 million bales of uh, purchases, um, meaning that, that whoever bought it needs to sell. So, uh, And this time a year ago, we were 6.5 and 2.5 respectively. And two years ago, we were 2.8 and 1.2 million wow. bales respectively so we're, versus this time a year ago we're three million bales ahead of last year in terms of uh uncalled sales yes monsters yeah on the surface of that and just lightly scratching the surface that sets up on the bull side of the market i mean is yeah. that right yeah okay yeah I just I wanted I wanted producers to hear that. <laughs> well, one Even thing, though I'm saying be at least thirty five percent sold out. One thing about that is when you go December through July, it's that's a, a big number, but it, each individual.
contract is where you get the real problems. And although, it, I mean, they're huge in December, then they're huge in March. They fall off in May and July. We saw this year will roll all the way through. Uh, I just, I'm sometimes, it can be misleading to look at that as one large number. I'm not disagreeing with you, Gerald. I, I understand your point, and you're right. A big number is a big number. Uh, it all has to be taken care of at some point. But I think it's important we, we think about this in terms of each month individually, each contract month. Kip, I agree with I, you. I, I, don't I, I seldom, yeah, excuse me, Gerald. I, 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 let me just finish that. I, I, I agree with you, Kip, absolutely and totally, and I seldom use the big number because it is each individual month. But uh, I, I think it's very telling of the, how big the spread is this early this year, looking next year. Gerald, I apologize. Go ahead, please. I just, I just, uh, I think it's worth noting, Kip, uh, you, you're right, uh, each individual month, um, but just the amount of activity that's going to take place in New Crop, that's, that's what's, that's what's impressive. Well, point yes. well taken. Thank you. Yeah. Any any final thoughts? All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up our meeting for today. We uh, want to thank our sponsor again, FiberMax and Stoneville Seed. Uh, thanks to Kip Butts for leading us today, and our thanks to our Cotton Panel and for you listeners that are with us. We appreciate you. Uh, that concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network. Thank you. Thank you.